You're listening to The Doers Podcast, right here on The Doers Network. And now, here's your host, Donald Robinson II. Hello again, everyone, to The Doers Network. This is Donald Robinson II, your host. And for this episode, we continue our conversation with Kwaku Osei, founder and CEO of Cooperative Capital. This is part two of our interview, and in this interview, we'll go more into depth on Kwaku's experience in Detroit and his outlook on the future of Detroit as well. So take a seat, sit back, relax, and listen to part two of our interview with Kwaku Osei. So going into more about, you know, who you are, man, what led you to come to Detroit? Because you've been in Virginia, you know, so what, what led you to go from there to come to Michigan and Detroit in particular? Yeah, uh, so man, I, I first so I first saw Detroit the summer of 2011. Okay. When no offense to your city or anyone that calls Detroit home, but it was wildly different than what it is today, right? Yeah. And that was my first time ever coming to the Midwest. Of course, Detroit's known world uh, worldwide for good reason. When I came here in 2011, I was shocked. Yeah. I was uh, I was working at Deloitte at the time, and I was at the Rincon. I was here for three weeks, and they tried to give us a nice curated experience. You know, Slows was open at the time. There were a couple of other places, man. But I remember wandering off and kind of just exploring the city on my own. And, man, Campus Marshes, just for instance, man, at the time was empty. It was desolate, man. I remember thinking to myself, like, yo, there is a story not being – I remember thinking to myself, okay, if it's happening here, where else? might just be happening in America. And basically there's a story not being told about America. It would be two years later when Detroit was going through bankruptcy that this story became part of the, uh, it got into, uh, uh, was spotlighted and then became a national headline, right? Yep. Uh, and that's when, you know, people started talking about the war in porn and this, that, and the third. Man, when I came back in 2013, not even two years later, it was not, it, it wasn't even night and day, man. It was so much better. Yeah. Campus marshes came from being an empty, dirty, desolate place to now it was filled with people. Yeah. There was a beach there. I was floored, man. Yeah. I was floored. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I knew something special was happening here, man. I came uh, to, uh, so I first saw Detroit through Deloitte. I came back in 2013 when I was originally interviewing with uh, Detroit Venture Partners, um, as you know, to be the VC firm uh, here in Detroit. Right. Uh, and I, I, I got that interview uh, through a program I did with a program called Venture for America. I was a part of Venture for America's second class in 2013. Okay. In any event, it would so happen that uh, while interviewing with Detroit Venture Partners, um, getting to the third round with them, they really liked me. There was a special opportunity um, and basically I got, uh, uh, they threw me into an interview with Dan Gilbert. Okay. And so, uh, we hit it off and he hired me onto his team. And that was a beautiful thing, man, because again, my, my, my view of Detroit at that time was what I saw in 2011. And now what I'm seeing, uh, uh, spring 2013. And now, um, if you recall in 2013, Dan was, uh, leading, uh, the charge of this current, um, period of Detroit's resurgence. Yeah. And so for me at that time, man, it's like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to basically come into a great American city, uh, 
not necessarily on the ground floor because at that point it's already starting to resurge. But I'm I'm coming in at a good time for a city that looks like it has plenty of upside out of it. And I'm going to be doing it with the guy that is quote unquote leading uh, this revitalization. Yeah, and that was extremely exciting. And 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 so man, I came to Detroit, man. And the beautiful thing, man, about Detroit, as you know, is that unlike other communities. Unlike my own community back in Alexandria, in Detroit, man, Detroit has bucked the trend where yeah. there is a strong sense of community in Detroit still. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a strong sense of community. Unfortunate thing about Detroit, from that standpoint, though, is that that community, that sense of community is more tribal at the moment. It's more neighborhood-based. Yeah. Uh, and what I would like to see is uh, more of a, a one Detroit, if you would. Yeah. Um, I think that that's very much possible. And so that's, I think that's the room for improvement. But, but the beautiful thing, man, is that you got a rich and genuine people here in Detroit, man. And you got people that have been here, uh, families that have stayed intact. In any event, man, it's been, it's been, it's been a hell of a time, man, to just kind of experience a great American city, uh, come from where it was and to where it is now. The thing that's kind of surprised me and it's kind of um, somewhat saddened me. Because on the beautiful end, things I think have happened a lot quicker than I would have ever expected. I think than a lot of people would have expected. Yeah. Um, the thing that kind of saddens me is that some of the character uh, that Detroit had that I came to love has, in some ways, it's not gone. It's still here, but it's somewhat uh, dissipated or not dissipated. It's kind of been pushed into other areas. So now you yeah. have to do a little more digging um, or you have to, you have to go to fewer spots where they used to be ever present. And then even, I know that they're still out there. I know that there's still pillars of the community that's still holding down uh, people that are still keeping that Shawnsons community alive. People like uh, Malik Yakini, uh, Nandi's uh, knowledge cafe uh, and what they got going on in Highland park and, and other areas, of course, I'm not shouting them all out because you know, there are many, but, um, even what CDAD is doing, uh, uh, Community Development Advocates for Detroit, and what Sarita Scott is doing with them, um, and keeping some of this alive. And then, of course, great CDCs like uh, uh, Bridging Communities, uh, led by uh, uh, Dr. Phyllis Edwards. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, uh, great <laughs> Reverend Ross. And now I feel like I'm doing a shout-out, so let me just let me calm down with that. But, uh, of course, there are still great people holding it down and doing it. But uh, I would just love to see us coming together a bit more. Uh, I think I think the last time we've come together as a one Detroit was when we went after the community benefits agreement. Yep. And that was a beautiful show in solidarity. Unfortunately, when things didn't work out, uh, that kind of dissipated. And I'd like to see us, uh, I would like to see something that has a bit more staying power. And, um, and, uh, and man, man, and we're, we're, we're working with several people to make that a reality. So okay. we will see time will tell, but I feel very confident about what we're about to do here. And, um, man, being in Detroit, man, has been beautiful, man. It's just, uh, I mean, I look at Detroit, man, Detroit has a magnificent place for black people. Yeah. Um, it's been, you know, I think people look at DC, people look at Harlem, but you look at Detroit and what Detroit did, uh, for the black community, man, not only did it give us Motown, not only did, not only was it, you know, a beacon for black home ownership and black wealth. Yep. In any event, man, it's just, it's I I feel very 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 blessed to be here at this time, and I'm just uh, I'm just trying to keep uh, 
there are good times happening. I'm trying to spread those good times to more people. I love for for all of us to have a good time together. Well, for one, I will say thank you uh, for being coming here. You're part of the family. Now, that that's the one thing about us native Detroiters. We don't we don't try to be segregate from people. We welcome anyone who's willing to come in here and roll their sleeves. And and the wonderful thing about being here, you know, lifelong Detroiter, we've had so many false starts. I mean, when the Honorable Mayor Coleman Young and Henry Ford II built the Renaissance Center, that was the whole purpose of the concept was to create Detroit as a Renaissance city, meaning it's gonna it's coming back and mm. resurging. So if you can imagine that, that thing was I was little when it was built. It was built in the mid seventies. So you're talking almost right. almost you know, forty something years later, you know, the real resurgence is starting to happen. And it's young people like yourself, and I talk about this on this podcast all the time. Young people like yourself, millennials like yourself decided to come here because a lot of the native uh people in the metro area, you know, millennials, they they they're parents, grandparents, even some great-grandparents moved out of the city decades ago, and they grew up in the suburbs and things like that, and now they're saying, no, we want to be part of this, you know, just like you saying you came from Virginia with that energy, they're coming from the suburbs with that same energy, like, we we just want to be a part of something special and and put our hand in it, and people know what we're doing, and we're going to contribute because we have much to offer as well, and so in that community space, that's where you see a lot of the... um, the the community minded people, regardless of race or background or whatever, people are more or less in that youth group, really looking at it like let's work together no matter what. Okay, we we don't really know each other, but now we're getting to know each other, and because we know each other, we find that we really do like each other because we have you know like right. like minds, like spirits, and like goals. And now you you're seeing the neighborhoods turn around as well. And for the people like the older generations who've been here. You know, you know, I wouldn't say they're cynical, but they're more cautious because they've been through all the false starts. But now ev- right. everybody can see that this is real. And it's been going on for eight years now, which is great, because when you came in, that was actually, I'll tell you, even before that, in the mid, in the mid-90s, man, you, you didn't even have, we didn't even have campus. Campus Marshall wasn't even built until 2001. So if you can imagine before mm. that... Man, it, you could see tumbleweeds around here at five o'clock in downtown, and no, mm. no major city. <laughs> there was no major city even up to now that ever had a dead downtown. Well, Detroit was that city, you know. So, right. you know, for me, I've worked downtown for over twenty years. So I was there when the um, if if everybody tell you about the old historic Hudson's building, it's the big department store. It was vacant, That's right. it was vacant, That's right. vacant for over ten years, and I got downtown working right before they tore it down. And so then when Peter, the the great Peter Carmanos, when he decided to move Compuware down here, that's how he, him and the Ford family, they wanted to build the campus marshes. Mayor Archer was the mayor. They decided to, you know, pull all that together. And so then even though the the, the skeleton of the, the campus marshes that you see now, it was great because it was a great concept. We never had a roundabout before that. We never had a circle mm. in the middle. It was just mm. straight Woodward all the way down, you know, and, and mm. now – what you have is a total 180 degree. If you if you could go back maybe to Burton Historical Library or get some of those pictures from the 90s and right. see it now. And I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> like this, I have seen pictures, you know, and it is very interesting, but to hear it in the context of someone that lived it, yeah. uh, it always adds a bit more uh, context and flavor to it. Oh, yeah, and man. So it's like, yeah, yeah. But so now it's like yeah. now going into the 2020s, as far as the time, you know, 
it's going to be even better because of all the things going on. And I was, you know, just downtown over the weekend, all the little pop-up shops, that, like the pizza place on Library now next to the Salad Green place. Uh, there's other stuff mm. popping up yep. left and right. It's just so much stuff going on now, and it's going to get better because they're, they're – the, the thing is about the whole neighborhood thing, I think that the, the population we're thinking that, that we're talking about that think they're left out, it's not that they were actually left out. The things are changing so fast that they don't even know. I and mean, there's people in the city who haven't been downtown in 15 years, and if they come down, yeah. they are just like, wow, this is downtown? Because because I th- I'm telling you, man, when, when the stores closed and Hudson's got torn down, people just kind of – it's like a void just end up – like it's like the wind got taken out of people and they just stopped coming downtown. So like mm. me, my, my example, my mother, I took her down last summer, just rolled down and showed her all this stuff was going on, man. And, and she couldn't believe it. It's, so now you have all of that with, like I said, millennials, you guys are moving back in here and now their parents and grandparents are coming back. There's, there's there. If you can believe there's older people saying, I haven't been downtown in 20 years. This is fabulous. So now all of that, mm. it's like, it's kind of a weird it's a weird combination of things we're talking about where people are kind of coming together. Now it's like, you know, they may be tribal still, but one thing people can do and do actually they come downtown, you know, they do come down back they go to the casinos, they go to Greek town, they go to other places. There's a lot of places to eat and hang out at now. So now you see more people are just, you know, and, and you know, for me, you know, it's a time where you could just park anywhere and be, be cool. But now like, like, yeah. uh, like yesterday, I, I, I was, yeah, now, now that you, if you can find a spot, because yesterday I was like, oh man, I right. can't even find a spot. But now, when I, I, you know, it's like a double-edged sword where I'm glad that's happening because now everything is happening down here now. You know, that's right, that's right, man. It's 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 an upswell moment, man. It's yeah. an upswell moment, and it's it's extremely special to just experience it, man. I consider myself extremely lucky, man, because I understand, uh, you know, being here since 2013. Uh, you know, there is this, there's been this increasing debate, right, yeah. about the new people coming in. And a lot, you know, I think rightfully so. New people are coming in. Uh, I, I'm included in that batch. We're getting all types of opportunities uh, that uh, we're taking away from uh, very capable people that live here that could potentially be taking, uh, be doing these things. I think I've been very, very fortunate, unlike some of my peers, that, I've been accepted um, yeah. within the community, or I've been embraced a lot more than my peers, man. But one thing I'll say uh, that I've seen me do a little differently than my peers that maybe has led to that result is, man, I've gone to community meetings. Right. I've just listened. Right. I've just listened, man. I've just connected with people, man. Just try to understand what I found so many of my peers to do is to think that Detroit is uh, – uh, as a playground yeah. or that, man, this is a blank canvas, man. Right, right. My goodness gracious. We can, and, and what I found, man, is now, uh, first and foremost, there's been people that have been here for, have never left. There's people that have, uh, I find, man, and I find this is not just true in Detroit, man. I find this is true in every poverty-stricken community in the nation. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got people that got, man, I think being poor uh, forces you to become were uh, resourceful. Yeah, oh, you yeah. have to stretch the resources you have. Yeah, and being resourceful embeds into you creativity. Yep. And so I found, man, brilliant people here in Detroit, man, that have brilliant solutions to the problems because they're living it every single day. What I've also found, unfortunately, though, is that these are the same people that aren't necessarily polished. They don't have the connections or the access, right? And therefore, they have great ideas, but they don't have a way to or a, a platform to be listened to. 
Right. And so, man, um, seeing that for me, I've been listening. I've, I've been a beneficiary from listening because the unfortunate thing is that some of these people just have not been listened to. Right. I think that some of them just appreciate so they're taking the time to just listen to them. And then when, they, when you actually listen to them, there are all types of diamonds and jewels that they're dropping. And so what I've been trying to be cognizant of is, now, nah, man, you got really, really smart people that have been living these issues. They have the solutions. And how do we get smart about ushering resources such that these are these people that have the solutions, we could put them in a position to actually be able to execute yep. on these solutions, provide a little bit of resources to to create that platform. And I think that 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 uh, that willingness to just listen and be present and just uh, understand the dynamic um, has uh, has helped uh, uh, with uh, people being uh, cool with me and okay with me doing what I'm doing here. And I just I appreciate the hell out of it. Oh yeah, well, well, for decades, man, a lot of the, the the what we call the disenfranchised part of the community, that's all they ever wanted. You know, I used to go to government meetings and community meetings, and, and just the fact that the mayor comes in, they if they want to vent and holler at the mayor, that that's that's a lift off their burden, off their soul, just to feel like they've been heard. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. now you mm-hmm. have not only not only do you have that now, people are being heard and listened to, and being included is the more important factor now. And I think something that's like right. Something like cooperative capital is definitely a catalyst for them to get involved. So you know, and and then a lot of it is skeptics too, because then it's like, okay, there's gonna people be there's gonna be people sitting on the sidelines because people are gonna complain no matter what. But if you got cooperative, if you got cooperative capital in your backyard, you still choose to do nothing, and that's on you. You know, that's right. But, that's right. But the all other- we could do is create the tools and provide access and create the outlets. But, you know, they decide to take advantage of that. It's not. It's up to them. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly right. Oh, yeah. And and then the nice thing about, like, you guys say, let's say you, you guys have a housing project in the neighborhood for one house. Then you look at the resources just with that. You know, somebody may know carpentry. Somebody may know, you know, electrical work, um, plumbing. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? And then they put their resources together and then be able to refurbish that house at probably, if not market cost, at least less cost than what originally – because – the other part to that problem has been in many starts of community development and shout out to all my community development people all over, you know, like you say, Sarita and everybody out there. What happened was, um, and this goes back in the nineties, early two thousands as well. You had these groups that would come in and do like just neighborhoods. Like I wouldn't say cookie cutter, but they had, they had pre-formatted houses, prefab. Yeah. Houses. They would come in and build those things for the neighborhood, but they would have their own resources, their own, contractors and blah 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 and really didn't involve the community and partly because there was a jump start everybody sometimes they had to start it somewhere they they the, the the local government was really starving for development but now with a concept like what you guys are doing it makes it even better because it may not be a, a 50 house project but that one house is built by the community rebuilt by the community and, that's right and that makes a difference that's right that makes a big difference that's right that's exactly right. And well, what you're speaking to, Matt, is we got to create uh, on-ramps, right? Because there have been a lot of people that have effectively been cut off and shut off from our current economic system. Yeah. And so uh, what you're talking about, man, is, is exactly right. We're going to be looking to get local uh, people that could do quality work to do this work, right? And that's going to create an on-ramp for them to become investors down the line yeah. uh, in, a, uh, in a, a community-based fund. Um, and allow them to be able to to rejoin 
uh, this economy. Because so many, so, I mean, so many of us, man, we've just been, we've been, yeah, we've been pushed to the side. Yep. And, um, and because we've been pushed to the side for so long and things have changed so dramatically, yeah, we got to create ramps, yep. ramps to, to create pathways for people to jump back in. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. And, um, so for Detroiters, you know, it, it's, it's an empowerment thing and it's a resurgence thing and everything else. And then in terms of Detroit itself, how, what, it, what led you to a place like Bamboo Detroit? How did you come across Bamboo Detroit? Oh, easy. <laughs> it is one of the earliest kinds of ecosystem uh, builders around uh, entrepreneurship and startups and tech. And man, I am an entrepreneur. I would consider myself a tech guy. And so, you know, uh, if you're really about it, if you're really about it, you know about bamboo, period, right? Yep. Um, so, that you know, so, yeah. And then, of course, man, uh, Dave Anderson is a huge homie of mine, still is. Shout out to him. Um, I'm a huge fan of Amanda and what she's done with uh, bamboo since. Oh, yeah. But, man, I mean, this, this is, I mean, I look at bamboo as, uh, you know, quote-unquote OG, yeah. Of the startup ecosystem here in Detroit, and um, yeah, man, and uh, so yeah, of course, respect, respect all day, and of course, you're gonna know if uh, you know real recognize real. So yeah, period. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I'm glad you're part of that family as well, man. And then in terms of you know, we, we, and speaking of like Bamboo Detroit and things, what what's your take on the Detroit tech and entrepreneurship scenes? Yeah, man, it's, that's an interesting question, man. I think it is it is rapidly developing in a way that I can highly appreciate. Uh, for so long, I felt like um, I felt like Detroit was, you know, we really were trying to do the startup thing, and I really didn't think we had it, man, because it was so dependent on so few actors. And and, and one of the major actors was Dan, and I love Dan, man. Um, I really appreciate him. I know I had, people have different opinions of him, but me working with him closely and having a relationship I did, I got to see the guy for who he see who he is yeah and um no one's perfect but you know man there's there's a lot of things that dan is that dan has done that i've seen up front um that no one will ever know about because he's doing things that he doesn't necessarily uh want kudos or accolades for right right um in any event um so much of our initial startup ecosystem was heavily dependent on him when he was doing wisdom yeah uh, the track venture partners right. et cetera, et cetera. And even to this day, it's still somewhat dependent. But the beautiful thing, man, is now uh, there are new players coming in. And it's just, man, it's just, it becomes stale. I don't care how great a person is. If it's just one player, yep. you get tired yeah. of that, man. Yeah. And then there's just one gatekeeper. So the beautiful thing is we do have Bamboo Detroit, which is homegrown. Um, right. Backstage capital, right? You know, where I ran into you the other day. Yeah. Now they're coming here in Detroit. You know, we got G-Beta. Uh, yeah. Stella Safari leading um, G-Beta and... You know, that, of course, being the entrant to uh, or pathway to getting the generator. Right. And so now there are all these other players that are coming in. Um, Google recently relocating here or having a presence here. Microsoft, even Accenture. Accenture's uh, recently opened their tech health here. Right. Uh, and so there are all these players that are now starting to come in, and it's created a diversification that I can highly appreciate. Right. And so I think we are just now, we're just now at a stage where uh, – the startup scene is going to get exciting. And, and and because startups take a while, even Doug Song and dual security, right? You think about the typical life of a startup, uh, that is a five to seven year journey yep. before you typically see some type of result. And so I believe that what we'll see here over the next five years 
based on the seeds that have been planted today and the seeds that have been planted over the last couple of years. Um, now, I, I think that there is a beautiful path forward uh, for Detroit. I'm excited, man, because uh, from that standpoint, it is an extremely exciting time to be here. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's the early stages, man. So despite all the, the things that have already happened and the rapid um, kind of uh, ascent, if you would, uh, there's still much more to come. Right. And I think that the best is yet to come. And, and it's going to be surprising because uh, as with startups, man, you just never know which ones are going to kind of take off in the way they do. Right. Right. And it, it has uh, catalytic uh, 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 possibilities and effects uh, that ripple um, and kind of, and even even what um, Life Remodeled is doing yeah. uh, with the Durfee Community and Innovation Center. Yeah. They're in the, uh, uh, I guess you would call that maybe the Dexter Linwood neighborhood. Yeah, Linwood. Um, yep. yep. But then, yeah. And so, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's happening. The seeds are being planted, man. As long as the seeds are being planted and you got people like yourself and Bamboo and, you know, a couple, uh, uh, I would call myself a cross-pollinator, but we got people like you that are just, you know, uh, 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 nurturing and, and providing water yeah. to the soil and such, man. Yeah. These seeds are going to grow. Well, it's and about so, pushing. Uh, it's as about, long as we got us going, man, yeah. Well, it's about pushing, man. It's about pushing things forward and all hands on deck. And as long as we keep that momentum, it's going to be great anyway. I mean, and I'm sorry. I'm like you. I'm very excited about the possibilities and opportunities that are just, it's like just, you know, it's like looking at a field. First, you see the grass. Now you see a little flower growing up here. Now you see blooming patches of flowers, you know, filling up the whole meadow, you know. And now it's just a beautiful sight to see, man. And anybody out there listening, if you want to get involved, you in the Detroit area, please get involved. Get your hands get your hands wet and roll up your sleeves. Let's go because we, it's just plenty of room That's for right. everybody. Plenty of room for everybody. That's right, man. Screw getting your hands wet, man. Get them dirty. Because, man, I'll tell you what, this is the time period where if you don't get in now, you will be <laughs> extremely sorry. Like, man, do you know I was right there and I could have done this, that, and the third, yeah. and I didn't? And yeah. now so-and-so is this, that, and the third, and I could be, you know. Yeah. That's, those are the stories you will tell yourself, guaranteed. Oh, yeah, man, for real. And then speaking of that, you know, in terms of opportunity, what what are the strengths do you think are lo- of, of locating – in Detroit are present, and then what? What specific opportunity do you see? If you can mention any. Uh, okay, so the the strength of locating in Detroit and the opportunities that are kind of specific to Detroit for the moment. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, and then I think the strength is still the same as it was before. Uh, but frankly, man, um, to think of so I I joined Dan when I was twenty three, man. Quite frankly, the idea of being able to like. Uh, have that type of access to a billionaire, man. And to do that, that just wouldn't happen anywhere else. Right. Uh, and that's the type of, like, you know, you, you hear this often. I'm sure people have said this on the podcast before, man, but Detroit still very much is a, is a big city. It's a significant city. Right. And it still very much has a small town feel. Right. So the access here, man, is unlike what I've seen anywhere else. Your ability, uh, most people know people. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, they say sixty degree separation here is like a three degree separation. Oh yeah. So you start talking to a number of people before you know it, you can get connected to about anyone you want to, and that's powerful. Yeah. I think that uh, we still benefit from cheaper places. I think downtown has gotten expensive, uh, but nonetheless, there is a lot of space outside of downtown. Right. And that's extremely exciting to me. Um, and that's, you know, I, you know, I buy a lot of properties in the same neighborhood where the Motown Museum is just about, you know, just left of New Center. Yeah. And so now New Center is coming up. And in any event, uh, there's still a lot accessible. There's still a lot of 
possibility to, to come out here and own something. Yeah. Um, I bought my house and renovated it. And I'm basically living in my house uh, all in under 50 grand. I'm less than two miles away from downtown core. Yeah. There's no other city uh, I could think of in which you could do that. Right. Right. Very accessible. So, very accessible. Yep. Very accessible, man. And then the people here are genuine. It's a special time period where you got people still moving here from all, uh, all different parts of the country and the world. And so those people are bringing in different uh, viewpoints, perspectives, um, new ideas. So it's fresh, man. There's all types of interesting collisions. Uh, so that makes this place special for time, uh, time period. And then because it's still somewhat fresh and the startup scene is just kind of well, in the formative stage is kind of getting off the ground uh, soon to, uh, I think, uh, actually have major players that are going to be recognizable across this nation, if not across the world. Oh, yeah. Um, there is that opportunity for that to be you at the moment. Whereas you go to uh, Atlanta, you go to Chicago, you go to, you're basically just one of many. Yep. Here, there's still that ability to quite, relatively speaking, more easily be spotlighted and get attention that you wouldn't get other places. Right. And with that attention, not only comes support, um, that's uh, uh, not only like community support, but that could be financial support. That could be mentorship that you might get advised. Quite frankly, man, I think that uh, we spoke about some of the elders here, man. The elders that are now coming back in and getting engaged, they're excited about what's happening, and they're they're not trying to plug in, and they just got a wealth of knowledge that yeah. they're so willing and so forthcoming and sharing. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that that's there too, and that's been one of the most valuable things for me. So, man, I, I would say that that's the strength and the opportunity that exists uh, by coming to Detroit now. Uh, I just had a meeting with, um, I sit on the board of the Economic Development Corporation uh, for the city of Detroit. And so I had a meeting with uh, Kevin Johnson, okay. who is the uh, 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 relatively speaking new CEO of uh, the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. Right. And man, we we had a beautiful conversation about what he's planning to do. And, and, in any event, man, I won't I won't share that because you know I won't steal his thunder. But man, there are beautiful things, and there is that type of access for people um, to to not only be able to connect with someone like him. There are programs that exist today, like Motor City Match, Motor City Revolver, right. Hash Detroit, that are uh, NEI ideas that are uh, basically uh, providing cash grants to support you starting your business. Right. Now I'm not gonna. Uh, uh, make it, you know, seem hunky dory and gross. Not everything's perfect about any of those programs, but man, quite frankly, these are resources that you go to most cities; they are not there. Right. Period. Right. So, right. yeah, these are these are special opportunities. Oh yeah, man, and 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 plenty abound and more to come, man. So, and one last question: since we talked a little earlier about people possibly sitting on the sidelines, so. What would you say to someone who is probably on the fence, maybe looking and not sure, maybe a little afraid to step out there? What would you say to them about getting involved? How how can they get involved in our ecosystem? That's a great question, man. I'd say uh, to those people that are a little maybe timid or are hesitant, dip the toe in the water, uh, see that it's warm, it's fine. And, and, and the equivalent to that would be um, – Come to a Bamboo uh, Detroit event uh, or come to any entrepreneurship event. I don't know what your background might be, but I'll tell you what, if you are willing to potentially 
you probably have some value you could provide any of our entrepreneurs. And, you know, especially if you're willing to do it on a pro bono basis, at least initially, uh, I'm sure you'd find willing participants. But that would also uh, not only be a benefit to the entrepreneur, but it'd be a benefit to you to allow you to better understand what entrepreneurship is about. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a huge mutually uh, beneficial uh, arrangement. Uh, and, and yeah, man, it, it, it will allow you to better understand, to get that bug if you have it. Cause this entrepreneurship thing is not for everyone. That's and right. I think it's important to understand as quick as you can, whether it's for you or not. Right. And you won't know. You might be sitting on the sidelines thinking it's not for you. And then you get there and you're like, oh, snap, this is cool, man. This exactly. is, I'm in my element here. Now I'm getting energized. Right. And right. if you start getting energy by being in that space, now you know it's for you. If you have an opposite uh, effect, that's that's great information to have too. Um, because there are people that are sitting on the sidelines. You, you, I think we just, all of us, we just never want to be in a situation where it's too late and now we're looking back and we're regretful. Yeah. Now let's say that you think you, you know, you're looking back in your life, you're like, man, I, I probably should have given that entrepreneurship thing a try, and it really wasn't for you. By dipping your toe in the water now and figuring that out now, now you know, and now you could double down on what you're doing. And shoot, that's great, you know, because really we all we all got a role to play in this world, man. We all got space. Yep. Um, and and there's a unique place for all of us if we continue to uh, pursue, um, search it out and explore. And so it's about figuring that out as soon as you can so that as soon as you figure it out and you know, uh, it just allows life to become that much more interesting. You're able to uh, live a more purposeful, typically uh, over time, a more fulfilling life that way. Oh, yeah, man. Well, that is some great, great advice, man. For everyone out there listening, please take heed. If 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 you're standing on the side of the pool and you're looking at that water, go ahead, like you say, dip that toe in there. Maybe jump in there when you feel comfortable enough because it's, it's plenty of room for everybody. So before we get out of here, Kwaku, we need to get personal information. So what's the best way for people to reach you, email, phone number, and what's the what's the website? Sure. Um, so the website is cooperativecap.com. So that's cooperativecap.com. And if you Google us at Cooperative Capital, you'll find us. Uh, very thankful. Uh, we are number one. Uh, where you do that search, at least in Google. Yeah. Uh, and then um, my email address, you can find me at ko at cooperativecap.com. Uh, I'm also readily available on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, uh, Cooperative Capital has pages on both of those. We're also on Twitter. Um, holler at us at cooperative underscore cap. Um, and... Uh, Man, I, I think people are surprised at how accessible I can be and how responsive I can be, um, because I really, I really live this. I'm really about this, and I'm really trying to support other people uh, that want to get into this. So uh, try me, you know. Don't, 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 don't just listen to me uh, and take my word for it. Put me to the test and let me prove to you uh, that. Everything I'm saying right now, I mean. Reach out to me, and if there's any way I can help you, I will. Period. Well, you are an adopted Detroiter. That's a Detroit thing. That's what we do. We genuine like that. And folks, please reach out because Quackle will respond. And I'm I'm really appreciative that you do that, man, because that means a lot when you respond like that and you're the CEO. So that means you, folks, if you reach out, you are actually touching to the vo- and listening to the voice of a CEO that is on his way. So 
with that, man, I really appreciate you coming on the Doers Network, and we had a great conversation, man. So I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, same diamond, man. And anytime, man, I'm happy to, uh, of course, come back. And anything I can do to support, man, you know, you got me. Well, count on that because we will, we will. So with that being said, right <laughs> all right, yep. So with that, folks, thanks for listening to the Doers Network, where actors grow and thrive. We hope you've enjoyed listening to our interview with Kwaku Osei, founder and CEO of Cooperative Capital. For more information, you can go to www.cooperativecap.com. Again, that address is www.cooperativecap.com. To reach Kwaku directly, you can email him at ko at cooperativecap.com. Again, his email address is ko at cooperativecap.com. You can also reach out to Cooperative Capital on Facebook and LinkedIn under Cooperative Capital. And on Twitter, you can search for at symbol cooperative underscore cap. So reach out to Kwaku and Cooperative Capital today. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network. We have gold, silver, and bronze packages available. If you have a business you would like to promote, you'll be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at info at bamboodetroit.com. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com. <laughs>